We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to our special preview podcast, uh, the BearCast. We are back. We're going we're gonna to try to do this a weekly thing, um, at least for the first nine weeks um, up until... Our bye week, because our bye week is so late in the season this year for the first time in a long time. So we're going to try and get this out every week to you, probably around Wednesday or Thursday, um, so you guys can listen to this either prior to game day or on game day, whatever floats your boat. Uh, this be about 30 minutes, just a preview of the players, and if it's a home game, talk about where we should eat before the game, and if it's a away game, if we've been to that area, we'll talk about some things that we should that we think you should do in I the love area. it. Yeah, so this is like our... We want to try to make this like a, you know when you walk into the stadium and they sell like the $10 media guides mm. or the, the programs, the game day programs? It's the BearCast the Media Bear, Guide. Exactly, exactly. It's the BearCast pro- media program or, or audio program or however you want to call it. So that's that's the goal here. I'm, hi- I'm hyped. Yeah, we're hyped. It's football season. It's football season. How hyped are you about it? How, welcome back, by the way. You Thank you. You weren't here on, on Friday, but are you excited that it's football season? Yeah, I couldn't care less about the NFL. But as far as college football being back, I'm juiced. Um, it was nice having it back. I gotta admit, I didn't really watch a ton of either game last weekend, but I'm really looking forward to having it back and spending most of my Saturdays watching college football. <laughs> Just sitting on the couch with your new nice TV, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Which I can't hear anything on. <laughs> Um, what about so, you? Are you excited? I'm excited. I am thoroughly excited. We just had our fantasy draft the other day. You almost missed your first pick just because you were on a plane. But we... By the way, I made that pick, <laughs> and I was not near the tarmac. <laughs> <laughs> we were at probably like 5,000 feet up, and I just turned on the phone and was like, please get reception. <laughs> Got a little bar and selected Antonio Brown. So and he he was Andy was number two by the way in our draft he got Antonio Brown gifted me with David Johnson at number three so I don't jokes on you I don't even know who David Johnson is <laughs> <laughs> says the Niner fan so yes says the Niner fan um, so yeah uh, we'll get right into it so what the format of this as we said uh, towards the end we'll do a little game day stuff but before we're just going to preview the opponent um, talk about how our team matches up against theirs and where we think our team should end up at the end of the game. So let's get started with the UNC. Andy actually wrote the UNC preview, uh, but he does not remember a lot of it. <laughs> Just because It was it's in been, June. <laughs> it's been a long time. I actually <laughs> went through the SB Nation UNC site, and it took me a good 10 minutes because I had to 
actually use the search function and look for Cal football because they wrote their preview for us way early, too, just because we are the, their first opponent. But So here's a few stats. Um, statistically, they have not done well against Power 5 opponents to start the season, historically. I believe the record was something like two wins and five losses. Mm. So that's in our favor a little bit. Um, the game is not early, thankfully. Like it's not like a eight a.m. start or anything like that. It's a solid nine, you know. Um, so, and I know the team's been getting ready for their uh, for the time difference, just because they're they've been practicing earlier in the morning, um, and also they're leaving, I believe, uh, Thursday. So that gives them an extra day to to get adjusted to the time. So there is that. Any little. Little uh, topics or concerns from you, Andy, for this UNC game? Just general thoughts? Yeah, general thoughts. I think this is a very winnable winnable matchup for Cal. And it's a little less exciting now that Bowers has been named starter. starting quarterback. It's not that I don't like him or I think he's talented. It's just I think I kind of got too excited about McElwain potentially being, you know. I think that also could be a big bluff. Um in one way or the other. I mean, I think we know it wasn't really a bluff, but it, it could have been somewhat so that UNC had to game plan differently mm-hmm. earlier on for yeah. two d- different style quarterbacks. Well, um, I mean, that forces UNC to go back and watch some South Carolina tape from last year, right? Yep. That, so that they make waste them some waste time. some time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a winnable game. I always find it really frustrating when – these East Coast games start as early as they do. Even 9 a.m., like, you're being pretty nice about it. Yeah. When do you ever play football at 9 a.m.? Well, that's not even just a 9 a.m. start, right? Because that means you'd have to probably be up by 6. Right. Because you're getting – you're at the hotel. you got to get up. you got to eat breakfast. Then you so, got to go to the stadium, stretch, all that. So, yeah. So, flashback to last year when you had Stanford playing Northwestern. Was that last year or two years ago? Um, I remember last year. I think it's last year. And Stanford looked like they're half asleep for most of the game, and they get the fourth quarter. They start to come alive, and it's too late. And Northwestern walks off with a win, and Stanford potentially ruined an even better season by uh, having to play that game so early. So I, I, there is some level of frustration with it with the team going out there. I think it's the same way if I was from the East Coast and had a team, and if Ole Miss were to come into town and Pac-12, of course, decided to schedule it at seven o'clock. I, if I was the head coach at Ole Miss, I'd be like. Our players are going to be dead. Which it is. Excuse me, 2 a.m. Which it is. The game's a 7.30 game. So so equal frustration yeah. from both sides. And not trying to be biased just on the West Coast mm-hmm. side, but the East Coast, too. It's, it's ridiculous. And they're kids, man. Yeah. They're 18 kids. to 23-year-old kids. So Like going out there at 1.30 in the morning and body time and full yeah. speed. Like the probability of getting hurt with your muscle and like mental fatigue. So... Very excited that college football is back. Slightly bummed that it's so early. Yeah. Um, but regardless, more focused on the actual outcome. I, I have always thought this is a winnable game because both teams seem to be pretty similar. Like They're kind of resetting a lot, um, and we're resetting coaches. So, what about you? Yeah, I mean... I was I was extremely hyped for this game. I still am extremely hyped for this game. I still think it's a winnable game. Um, by even though Vegas I think has our line at uh, UNC favored by ten points. So regardless of that, I still think it's a winnable game. Just judging by the roster and the, the amount of starts you see across their skill positions, 
but the 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 inner Cal fan in me that's deep down inside has a bit of the ooh is this Maryland back in a few years back very few years ago ooh yeah. that that did not end well for us at all and that was a very very winnable game um, so I was working with the team during that mm. that was pretty frustrating yes yes I think watching on TV was just as frustrating as well so <laughs> yeah. So there's the thing that that's the only thing for me is going into this, how the mentality, how they prep, waking up and you know, I guess, I guess my, my feeling of the game as a whole will pretty much be determined in the first first quarter, if we're coming out sluggish and we're not getting anything done and they score a couple of quick touchdowns, for me I think it's, it's done. It's that done. fast? I feel like it is. I I just don't feel like our offense is so young too that they're not going to be able to recover in time to be able to play catch-up. Is it that young? I think it is. In terms of experience, yes. Okay. In terms of years and how old they are, no. Definitely not. But um, yeah, we, have a skilled, we have a skilled running back core. Mm-hmm. Veteran. Veteran. Very veteran running back core. We have a very skilled wide receiver core. Granted, most of them have only played a year at most. And then an O-line, which is replacing three out of the five guys. Yeah, the O-line I'll give you. Yeah. Wide receivers, I was willing to push back a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, you got, like, VC and Vic, Wharton, and, you, right. I mean, Demetrius. And there's enough experience there to give me some confidence. But I don't know. To me, I could easily see us going down 14-0 and then rallying back to tie it up in the second or third quarter, depending on how awake we are. I don't. I just don't know. But the the biggest thing we don't know about is a quarterback. Yeah. How and how is he going to look in a real game? If we're useless at the quarterback position, yeah, you're totally right. We'll go down fourteen zero, and it's going to be like, oh, okay, can't quarterback can't play and toss away season. <laughs> That's yeah. the way I'm looking at it. It's just like, okay, cool, no worries. Uh, but then if Bowers can end up playing, like if he can get the ball to Demetrius, then I think we'll be all right. I I don't think that threat ever disappears just because you go down. It'll be fun no matter what to see what Bo Baldwin is as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, and his play calling style and such. I think that's one of the most, at least for us that are heavily invested in watching Cal football every week, um, not, you know, the casual fan might just be like the wins and losses, but for us that have been following this coaching staff in depth as soon as they got hired, the Bo Baldwin hire I think a lot of us got excited for and are, yeah, very, very excited for there's a lot of potential in it during that level of offense with a pro style defense. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's let's talk about the offense then. Our offense matched up against their defense. Um, they only created one interception last year, but they were clearly one of the best teams in maintaining and controlling the opponent's passing game. Yeah. So where do you where do you see how our guys match up against that going I into think this year? It's going to be an interesting piece, especially if, if Hudson's not around. Yep. I thought the X factor might be Stovall, um, even though he's really far down on our death chart. The reason why I say that is their corners are pretty strong and inexperienced. Like, that's where they have it. They have most of their experience on the outside. So it's going to be harder than people expect for Demetrius to get the ball as much as we probably want him to see those looks. So it would have to be a different wide receiver to step up. There's somebody else that we talked about before we got on the mics 
that I'll let you kind of intro as, as an option because I didn't know really that existed until we talked. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like, their defense, yes, they didn't have any turnovers, but at the same time, like, it was not their pass defense that let, that let them down last year. It was much more their run defense. And so that's where we have to dominate. Like, Trey, Vic, we had to dominate, win the battle in the trenches, which, what, when was the last time we did that? So it'd be great, and it'd be a very different style of Cal football to see. I think that would also get us very excited to see us pacing the ball on the ground and then playing, like, Trent Dilfer, game manager, maybe with a little bit more of an arm and running ability out of our quarterback. Uh, and it, that would allow me to really believe that, okay, we, we know how to game plan, we play within ourselves. It'd be cool. Yeah, I'm, the super exciting part about this is we have no idea what to expect from our offense. Will they come out guns blazing and just start, you know, with like a 40-yard bomb to, to D-Rob just to, just to keep them on their toes? Or are we going to come out conservative? Or are we going to just start with like you know three run plays and we'll go with the three and out, but just showing them that hey we're gonna we're gonna try and run down your throats as well just because we have the guys to do so. So that's that's a key watching point definitely. And the guy that you know you were referring to for me is kind of I know of course that he's one of those guys that that we expected to be good out of the gate as soon as he arrived on campus. Injuries have hurt him, and, of course, we had the depth at those wide receiver positions as well. But now that he's at the top of the wide receiver charts, that just goes to show that, yeah, he's as talented as we expected him to be. And judging from the practices that we saw, all of us love him. Um, his the He has just – Trace described it on our podcast just uh, this weekend is, you know, he, he has a knack for finding open spots. Those little open pockets between the D-line and the linebackers and between the linebackers and the safeties. And just kind of sitting there for a couple seconds just so the the quarterback can register that there's open space there. And he also has a very, very, very um, aggressive mindset at playing the wide, rece- wide receiver position. He almost plays wide receiver as if you'd play like a, a hard-pressing DB where he's he's wants to get in your face, he wants to truck you, he wants to like stiff arm you to the ground. Like he has a bit of that aggression, which I love at the wide receiver position, just because the wide receivers in this offense are gonna be asked to do a lot of things from pass blocking to blocking downfield to running crossing routes to you know, like they're they're gonna be called upon to do a lot of things. And if you have a guy that's willing to to just get down and dirty with some of the DBs and get their stamina down, right? And just be like, I'm just going to come keep coming at you. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. I'm going to be here all game long. I'll see you next snap. Like, that, I, I love that type of aggression that he has. And if he does that and at the same time starts racking up the catches, then the focus of that defense starts getting confused. Like, who? what are we supposed to do now? Like, because we game-planned for D-Rob on the outside, but this guy is destroying us over the middle. What are we supposed to do, coach? Like, and there, and then in, if that's the case, you know, you and I have watched enough football to know if you make that halftime adjustment, then that opens up space for the other guys, you know, and that's, that's kind of where we got to go, in my opinion. Love that. Yeah. It's a very exciting possibility there. Oh, yeah. Good way to open up the defense. And then, uh, Depends on how effectively we can run the football. Exactly. And Trey's going to be called upon to be the workhorse and Vic as well. And that'll be our one-two. And we just got to run it down their throats. And that level of balance 
will be something that I don't think we've seen for the last four years. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at their depth chart, uh, UNC depth chart right now, and they run a 4-3. And on their line, at one defensive end, it's a freshman or a junior. Another defensive end, it's a senior or a senior. And then between the two defensive tackle spots, it's two sophomores and two juniors. So that's a lot of a couple of guys with experience, but most are unexperienced. And if you get our O-line, who compared to their D-line is definitely more experienced than that, you've, you have guys that have gotten snaps and you have guys that are just stepping into that starter position, right? And they've moved around so much in the spring and the fall that I feel like they're, they're comfortable playing anywhere across the line. So if we win that battle, I, I, can, I think it's, it's going to be a pretty easy morning afternoon for us. That's the big, that's the big, of course, you win in the trenches, most of the time you're going to win a football game, so. Uh, and is there any, uh, is there any star players we got to look out for on their defense from your perspective? Yeah, I look up the name. Um, let's see, sorry. It is, there's a, I mean, yeah, they, MJ Stewart. MJ Stewart. Safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he has, like, they both, both MJ Stewart and then Donnie Miles have NFL talent, both safeties. So they are, like, MJ Stewart coming back was huge, and they were supposed to have Elijah Hood coming back, and they thought maybe Mitchell Trubisky was coming back, which the latter two didn't happen. Yeah, But MJ Stewart's really, really good, Uh, so... They say what safety is the quarterback of the defense. Yep. And they have two really strong ones. So I'd say he's absolutely the player to watch. And he has the, that's where they have the experience. It actually is a pretty fun matchup that, to think about. I mean, if, you're, like, if, if you have no vetted interest in either team. Because you have really like the younger-ish Cal offense going up against a more experienced defense. And then Cal's defense randomly having a lot of experience coming up against a very inexperienced North Carolina. It might be, that could also make it very, be very boring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it could be a very defensive game. Yeah, I could see, I can see it now on Twitter. Just a bunch of people think, well, this, this game sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think from the insider's perspective, it actually is pretty fascinating. So to go back to your original point, I'd say MJ Stewart, or I, either of the safety, Donnie Miles, like um, those were the two guys that I had pinpointed that you absolutely had to watch when talking about North Carolina on the defensive side of the football. So do we go? Do we try to avoid those guys, or do you feel like we should just run guys like D. Rob and and those all our fast guys just constantly at them? I love the idea of like embracing what the Falcons did with speed and truly seeing can they hang with uh, Demetrius Robinson type speed, speed kills all that. Yeah. All right. You know, like, cool. You're NFL caliber, but are you really able to keep up with somebody that has this level of athleticism? And like testing that, but I, I think more so than what we'll, what we'll actually see is probably I like to think that we'll see us leading off on the ground. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it. There's no, there was not any hype uh, about their D line or linebackers, and in fact, their defense was really what held them back last year. Like they were a good team, their defense let them down. And oh, so if we sounds like a team we know too. Yeah, very <laughs> similar <laughs> to Cal. So uh, I really think that the game for us is actually going to be more determined by our effectiveness running the ball than it is maybe like 
passing the ball. I think passing the ball will be sec- – I just I just don't know. Like, I mean, I think you know a lot more about Bowers than I do. Um, from an arm strength perspective or from, like, his ability to throw the deep ball and the money. Like, to me, coming out with a quarterback that, had, you know, won a competition, but, like, there just feels like there's a lot of uncertainty around and then being like, Hail Mary, or, like, go, yeah. like, go route. Like, uh – no, <laughs> <laughs> probably not to start, you know, get his feet under him. And how do you do that? Well, you give short throws, maybe like, that's why I said Stovall, but whoever's going to play the position of like a possession receiver that comes underneath, you have someone like a Noah that's blocking and might be able to pick up a couple yards, quick passes to the outside, short, manageable, high efficiency throws combined with effective running the football between the tackles, which we haven't seen um, and using our offensive line in a way that we haven't seen. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the key, right? At least from the our offense versus their defense standpoint is we need to we need to get Bowers in a rhythm early. We really do, and we need to get his confidence. Like we can't we can't have him throw like a thirty yard pass, you know, just on a seam route and have it get picked off because that if that's like in this first drive, his confidence is. I mean, no matter what you say, like any player, right, you always say, oh, he's got a strong mentality, you know, he's going to come back, whatever. But I think that always has an impact on you regardless. And if that's how he's going to – if he starts the game that way, it's it's going to it's gonna be in the back of his mind constantly for the rest of the game. And that's never a good thing. So we got to get it early, quick, you know, as you said, just the quick, if it, high efficient passes, if we're going to throw, um, and then just – Maybe later on in the game when you, those wide receivers start to get – or those uh, DBs start to get a little tired out, you just pop one over the top, see what happens. I agree. I think that's it. We've never seen him in a game. I yeah. mean, how many times did we call for Bowers' name to play last year? <laughs> we did. Over we and did. over and we over did. and over. We want to see him in a game. We want to see him in a game. Let Put him in the game, right? Because why? Well, because then in this situation, you're not left guessing of what is to be. Exactly. Like, oh, he has some game experience. But remember, we did see him. Hand off the ball about three times. Right. <laughs> right. He so, was very good at hitting I, off the ball. Yeah, I expect him <laughs> to be very good at that in the first three plays. It'll be cool. Um, it'd be fun to see if they open it up more than that. But all right, let's. Should we move on to the other side of the ball? Yeah. Their offense. Who? Who? What? What do you think their style is going to be with no more Trubisky, no more Elijah Hood? Uh, I watched some of their game tape actually from last year, at least offensively, and they Trubisky bailed them out a lot. A lot. He was very good on his feet. Um, and even now, like, I'm watching preseason games with him with the Bears, and he looks good. He looks really good. So if that's the case, if that's the, if that was the case last year, and he's bailing him out, I just – that's why I don't – can't – yeah, I just can't see, uh, you know, Trubisky's play style and what they did with him just transferring over to this year as well. I do feel like – you know, I think uh, what's it, Wilcox or some someone else said it in their uh, press interviews with uh, after media availability after practice, and he was like, you know, they they lost a lot. They have those guys that aren't there anymore. So can we really look at their tape and be like, that's how they're going to play this year? Probably not. Um, so that's I think that's why there's a big question mark is how does the defense prep with not knowing who their quarterback or their star running back is? Because Looney said it best today. He said, you know, like. You you want to know their tendencies. Like you want to know that that running back that plays has a high tendency of making a one cut back. 
you know, being able to protect against that. But if you don't know who your guy is, you're just going to have to kind of learn as you go. Yeah, so maybe a little bit more like the Hawaii game that we saw. Exactly. Where we had no tape whatsoever. Yeah. I don't honestly know a single standout player on on the offensive side of the ball. I only talked about defense. So as far as North Carolina goes, I mean, I know that they're replacing quarterback, obviously, running back. It's just like one of those things. Like their our question marks are as big as their question marks on that side of the football. And at key positions, not like, okay, we're resetting at our left tackle spot. Well, let's keep it like we're not resetting at one spot in our O-line. We're resetting at our two of our most valuable positions. And Elijah Hood was was a beast last season. Like he averaged like 5.9 yards a carry. So he's someone that shouldn't be taken lightly for having left. Um, and then obviously Trubisky's the number two overall pick in the draft. And looks pretty damn good so far. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, let me look at it this way. Uh, just just from their, some of the returners and just looking at their stats, their number one wide receiver that's returning is Austin Prohl, who's a senior, 5'10". He was their third highest receiving, or he caught the most third highest most balls last year. Third highest ball, third most balls last year. Wow, I really can't speak. Caught 43, 597 yards and three touchdowns. He also threw... Last year, he threw, uh, I think this was trick play, he threw one of one for eight yards. So, <laughs> there is that. So, he's the he's the highest guy that's, that's returning. Other than that, um, they lost a lot. They lost Ryan Switzer, who was their number one wide receiver, 96 receptions, 1,112 yards and six touchdowns. And they lost Bug Howard, 53 receptions. And then they lost TJ Logan, who had uh, 29 touchdowns. So... And he was their running back with uh, 120 carries and 650 yards. So you you lose all those guys, and now guys have to come in and step up. Like the uh, the Thomas Jacksons of the world, who had 17 receptions last year, and uh, who else? Yeah, and then the next guy up from that would be like Carl Tucker, who had nine receptions. And Jordan Cunningham, who had six. Like the drop-off is pretty significant. So the I big- guess... I guess the little thing for me would be the fingers crossed that these guys don't make that step up, um, and the inexperience hurts them that way. Because our our cornerbacks are pretty good and they're pretty experienced. This is the this is the hilariousness about college football and how you can reset so quickly and look so different. Is the real matchup to watch is our experienced defense versus their <laughs> very inexperienced offense. And last year, you would never have said that. No. Nope. You never say, oh, yeah, I can't wait to watch how the Cal defense matches up against anyone, even if it was an FCS opponent. You're like, oh, no. No, that's not a game I want to watch. So, and it's not, this uh, level of unknowing is not just between you and I. Yeah. It's actually universal across even UNC fans. They're resetting at nearly every major position on the offensive side of the ball. For the most part, their expectations this year are that they're going to drop down and be a mid-500 team. The biggest thing they have going for them in my mind right now in this matchup is just that Vegas favors them by 10. Yep. And I think that has to do with the more so than anything else is the home field versus like us going on the road. And then obviously that we have a new coach. Offensively for them, in my opinion as well, is that they're, you know, on their depth chart, they have three quarterbacks and they put an or next to all three. 
So it, they're trying to play mind games. But we clearly know who their starter is going to be. It's going to be Brandon Harris, the LSU tra- grad transfer. So at least, at least that's, I guess, the only real known factor. Because he played at LSU. Like, you can go watch game film of him at LSU and yeah. how his tendencies of how he threw and how he runs and, and so on and so forth. Of course, to your point, we don't know how he's going to be in this system and what type of system they are going to are they going to be a run option heavy team? Like, are they going to, you know, throw the ball a lot? Like, we just, we just don't know. <laughs> and I think that's the that's the hardest part. This is, this is weird to be going into a Power Five conference matchup and have more questions than answers on for both teams. It's really weird. Um, and then the fact, and still the fact that they're projected to win by ten. That's even weirder to me when you have like so many. I mean, just right now we're like talking and we have more questions than answers now. So, yeah, I just don't know. I don't think anyone really does. That's the thing. <laughs> I think Vegas is just saying, yeah, just a the struggling Cal team on the road and at an early morning matchup. I'd be shocked if there was too much else. Who knows how? I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I don't know how they do it either. But. Last year, they nailed us on the over-under every single time. So they must do something right. Yeah, They must know something. <laughs> Their algorithms must do something for them. All right, that's pretty much uh, our preview of the offense and defense and the defense and the offense. Uh, <laughs> thrilling a, preview. Oh, thrilling. I promise you these will get better. I promise <laughs> you. It's just that this was our first one, and we just didn't know how we should prep this and all that good stuff. So there is that. Moving on. Uh, I think for a couple minutes, we're just going to give you a little lowdown of uh, North Carolina. What else to do out there? I've visited North Carolina when I was in college. Andy, you've been out there um, when you were in high school. Mm-hmm. So from when you were out there in high school, is there any tips or pointers you want to give people that are making that trip out to North Carolina this weekend? Um, all I'd say is, in my experience going to North Carolina for recruiting trip or visiting the schools, I thought that UNC was awesome. I absolutely love the people there. The campus I, is beautiful. Campus is gorgeous. Had a lot more of that like public school vibe. I had gone there after Duke, and I despised my experience at Duke. Mm-hmm. Duke was all about, we're Duke, we're special because of this. You had people running around chasing players down for autographs. We talked to you about how there's a big wait for the chapel to get married in and season tickets, and you camp out because la, 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 yeah. we are Duke, we are cool. And you go to North Carolina, it was just way chill, like way more welcoming, uh, higher ed type feel to it. I enjoy the area. It's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful place. And there's so many different cool schools that you can go out and visit. I, that's the only experience I can speak to. But I got to go to Wake Forest. I got to go to Davidson. I got to go to Duke. got to go to UNC, Elon, like a bunch of different awesome like universities and uh, for me, that's what it was all about. But I really hope that you have more interesting <laughs> tidbits to share. Um, of course, I mean, a lot of people are going to be going out there, um, and it is good food. It's southern comfort food. Um, and at my time there, I went to two restaurants. My buddies took me to two restaurants, um, and it's the best southern food I'd ever had in my entire life at those two restaurants. Whoa. Yeah, ever. Who is your buddy, and what are the name of the restaurants? Um, so... One of them went to Duke, another one to UNC. I visited them during spring break one year, um, and, you know, we just we just went out and did things. So 
the first place I'm going to tell you to go to if you're in the area is a, fat, is a fried chicken chain called Bojangles. Oh, I've heard of that. Amazing, amazing, amazing fried chicken. If you order the four piece, you might be overdoing yourself. Uh, it's it's like it's it's like that big and heavy. Um, but the sides are great. The biscuits are great. Don't ever forget the sweet tea. If you forget the sweet tea, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so definitely get the sweet tea um, and enjoy yourself there. They fry, they start frying their chicken at like 7 a.m. There's stories of my Duke friends that they would study up all night, spend an all night studying for a midterm, and their midterm, let's say, was at 1, 1 p.m. They would go to Bojangles at 8. <laughs> get fried chicken. <laughs> and then go back to studying until their exam. So, that tells you how good it is. The second place I'll tell you to go, cookout. Uh, it's just like a small drive-in restaurant. Um, that, and the, the hospitality and the people that work there are amazing. Super nice. Uh, but it's a really good late night spot. They're cheddar-style chicken sandwiches. Which barbecue? Is, they have some barbecue as well. But I go with the, I go with the, the cookout plate. I go with a cheddar-style uh, chicken sandwich, which is basically... Biscuit, fried chicken patty, and a thick cut of cheddar cheese melted on top. Amazing. And then a couple of sides if you want. I go with the chicken nuggets and the hush puppies. Mm, yeah. Oh, God. Please keep in mind, these are not our healthy eating nope. food tips. No, 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 no. They are. And the cherry on top is a watermelon milkshake. I'm going to tell you to get the watermelon wow. milkshake. That's all I'm going to say. Just get the watermelon milkshake. Trust me. Trust me over over the microphone. Trust me and get the watermelon milkshake. That's it. That's it. We're gonna try and do this every week for every single game. Although, granted, we haven't been to we haven't been to some of these places. So, like when it's okay when we get to like Autzen, <laughs> when we're going up to Oregon, oh, I can do that. I'm like I have no idea. I can give a couple. Yeah, you can probably do the, a couple yeah, of those. I had good times. Yeah. Good times. And when the, when we go down to LA, we both know. All you, buddy. No, that's all you too. What are you talking about? I'm gonna be all giving you all the Asian food, and then Andy's gonna give you Asian and non-Asian food. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I hope you had a. I uh, hope everyone who's listening to this had a blast. Blast listening to this. Uh, we're gonna try and keep this up weekly. So as I as I said again, I'll mention. Um, as I said last week, I'll mention again. We're going to have our post-game podcast with our regular scheduling type. So we'll talk about the game that happened that week and also just the regular news that we go through. And that'll go up every Monday. And then either Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, uh, whenever Andy and I just choose to record this, uh, there'll be another preview 30-minute podcast like this that goes up so that you guys can listen to it either pre-game day or on game day. And just so you have some more things to listen to. Because sometimes sometimes you just want one more thing to listen to. You just can't find what it is. And hopefully that's our voice. Yeah. Telling you about delicious barbecue yeah. chicken cheddar sandwiches. Mm-hmm. We watermelon have, milkshakes. We have very therapeutic voices. We're, we're very underrated. This is so, a very underrated podcast. Is that what Peter said? Yes. The Polish keyboard. <laughs> I call Peter the Polish keyboard. <laughs> I told Trace I wanted to make him the, the Polish hammer, but that's Martin Gortat. So I can't make him the Polish hammer, too. So the Polish keyboard, once again, gets another shout-out. He's going to love this. He's going to listen to this tomorrow, and he's going to be like, Are you guys give me another shout-out? I love you guys. Um, but that's it for us. Um, you can find ourselves on CaliforniaGoldenBlogs.com. Um, you can find Andy at 
Andy J Beast Mode. You can find me at Rob11HWANG. Also, all our preview stuff is up on the website. We have a preseason uh, ranking that whoever, all of our writers that decided to do it is on there. I am the only one that picked Cal to finish in the top seven. So Wow. Yeah. I picked Cal to finish, I think, seventh, sixth. Record? No, no, uh, preseason ranking. Or I guess not finish, but as of right now, I feel like they're the seventh best team in the back 12. Okay, who's below them? Uh, for me, it's Oregon, Oregon State, Arizona. Oregon, Oregon State, Arizona. Um, oh, geez, why are these why are these teams blanking on me? Arizona State. You already said that. Didn't I say Arizona? Oh, I thought you said Arizona State. Arizona, Arizona State. Okay, so the Oregon. two Arizona schools. Oh, and the, both Arizona and the schools, Oregon both schools. Oregon schools. Okay, and one other. And I can't remember what the other one is. So go go read the. <laughs> <laughs> go go read the article. It's at the bottom. It's at the bottom. You see the teams I selected. Um, and then Andy's preview, you can look up uh, for the full... Did you pick UCLA well, no. to finish below us? I might have. Actually, might have. You might be right. No, I might have picked UCLA to go sixth. Then we're right below UCLA. And who else in the world did you put below I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Utah? I don't know. No. Maybe. No, I don't Colorado? Know. Oh, definitely not Colorado. Definitely not Colorado. You're running out of options. Yeah, I'm really running out of options. (laughs) But so so go find out. Go find out. Go find out. Andy's making fun of me with this. All right. And that wraps it up for us. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.